Awesome. How about that? Free invita- invitation to a free lunch for anyone who wants to come Wednesday and Thursday. We're going to have 200 here for, for uh, free lunch and coffee, but uh, you are welcome. And it's great to be here tonight. If I haven't met you, I'd love to uh, meet you at some point and, and connect with you. Uh, just at the start, we're in this series, this is, uh, this is Love, which is a Christmas series, but at the start of tonight, I actually wanted to read most of Isaiah chapter 40. And uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes when we're, I find, not you, when I'm reading the Bible and I'm sitting there in church and it's, you're, thinking, you're thinking, is this getting towards the end and it's really going long? You know what I mean? Like the reading of the verse and you're like, oh, it must almost be at the end, almost be at the end. And you're thinking that so much that you're not actually really even listening to what's going. So just to let you know, this is long, okay? This is 25 verses. So don't expect the ending. There's gonna be a fair bit here, but uh, these are just some, honestly, some wonderful verses. And I just wanna encourage you to listen to these as we begin tonight and to let them impact uh, your heart as we do so. Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse six. Hopefully it'll come up on the screen. And it says this, a voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass and their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. See, His reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counsellor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They looked for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. But do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted No sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, than he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of His great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? 
Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Powerful, powerful words for us to reflect upon. And the reason why I wanted, them, uh, wanted us to read these to begin with is that I want us to rem- remind us, as we've already sung about tonight, as you sit there, as I stand here, as we are in this room tonight, this God, He remains seated above the circle of the earth at this very moment. God is God. He remains. He is unchanging. Whether we believe it or not, whether we want to recognise it or not, whether our society believes it or wants to recognise it, He is God. God has not left His world. He has not vacated it. Each of us, we sit here tonight and we are in His world. We're not bringing Him into our world. We are in His world. We are His creatures and He is God. This God that Isaiah speaks of is Christ. And it is incredible that the God who sits tonight enthroned above the circle of the earth has come amongst us in the flesh. Isn't it incredible? Jesus Christ, God, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the God-Man, the one in whom God and man are, are literally reconciled, the one in whom we are united with God. Jesus is tonight the King of all kings, we have kings and prime ministers and presidents and, and premiers and rulers in our lands, but he is the king over those kings. And he's the Lord of your body here tonight. He's the Lord of my physical body here tonight. And he's also the Lord of your spirit, the Lord of my spirit. He's the head of humanity. Adam is not the one in whose image we are created. We have Adam's flesh, but in fact, we were created in the image of Christ. He's the head of humanity. He's the one from whom every man, every woman takes their name. Jesus, the King, has come, been manifested in the flesh. This is incredible. Uh, But before He came, Just as before you have guests over to your house, you make your house ready, you prepare, you get things in right order. Before Jesus was to come in the flesh, preparations needed to be made. Uh, We're all making preparations at the moment for Christmas. A few of us are buying presents. A few of us haven't started yet. A lot of people are doing those little projects around the house. Bunnings is buzzing at the moment as people try and get things done. Uh, before Christmas lunch, when their family comes over. And before Christ came, there needed to be a preparation, we read in Luke chapter one. In fact, before uh, Luke even contemplates the birth of Christ, he speaks to the birth of another child, one who would in fact be the forerunner to Christ. And I want us uh, to read about him this evening. Let's read Luke chapter one, verses five to 17. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous 
in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zachariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. John the Baptist is the the forerunner, the one clearing a path for the Lord's entrance. His prophetic calling is spoken of in Isaiah 40 at the beginning of that chapter that I read at the start. The few verses that I missed at the beginning of that chapter say this, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain, in order that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. I don't know whether you've ever driven through uh, the roads, through the countryside of Australia or maybe another country. You see these, these big roads that have been cut literally into the mountains. The mountains have been flattened, have been made low for these, these roads, these highways, these roads that go over the valleys. There's bridges that, that cross the valleys and the creeks to make a straight way for, for people to come in, to come into cities and to come into different places. John the Baptist was to prepare a people ready for the entrance of the one who sits above the circle of the earth into the world. He had a calling to prepare them to receive him. A preparation needed to be made so that this people would recognise the King in their midst, that they would be able to see the glory of God incarnate amongst them. There's a guy by the name of Richard Griffin. You haven't heard of him, or I hadn't heard of him anyway. You probably haven't. And uh, he was the Queen, like Queen Elizabeth, who who is reigning at the moment in, uh, in the UK. He was the Queen's protection officer for a number of years. Uh, he's, he's recently retired and he shared this story of one time when he was away with the Queen at uh, their Bal- her Balmoral uh, summer holiday home, right? So each summer, apparently, I don't know this, I haven't seen her there, but the Queen goes to Balmoral over the summer to have, to have a holiday, to have a rest. And uh, it's a big property. If you've watched The Crown, you've seen that it's a big property. And one of these years, Richard Griffin was walking with the Queen. The Queen likes to go on walks throughout the estate, big property there. And it was just, I think, her and him walking together. And uh, they were walking across this big estate. Uh, the Queen doesn't own all of it. And as they were walking, they ran into a group of American tourists. And these American tourists didn't recognise the Queen. They had no idea who she was. And so they strike up this conversation with the Queen and Richard Griffin there. 
uh, who was with the queen and they, they start to ask her, so, oh, so are you from these parts? Do you, do you have a house around here? And she said, yeah, I, I actually do. I have, I have a house of sorts nearby. And that was technically true. She, she owns Balmoral Castle there on the estate. And, uh, and then the tourists ask her, you know, they're in the UK, not a bad question to ask. Well, oh, have you ever met the queen? You know, a bit of a strange question to ask. And the queen, apparently, this is um, one of the articles I read, uh, the queen, very, um, in a very witty manner, actually, she said, no, I haven't met the queen, but uh, Richard here, this police officer, has. And I thought that was a really good response uh, from the queen in that moment. She's, she's thinking of her, on her feet pretty well there. Um, but, but John the Baptist was tasked with a calling to make ready a people for the Lord so that they would recognise Him in their midst. And you think, what possibly could be a preparation that needed to be made for Jesus to come in? Well, we read that, uh, that the preparation that was necessary was a message of repentance. John the Baptist was tasked to call the people to repent. Just as Elijah had done many years before to the nation of Israel as it was wayward and worshipping other gods, bowing down to Baals and other idols, John in the spirit and the power of Elijah was to call the people to repent so that they might recognise the King of glory when He came amongst them. This repentance would make a straight way, a highway for the King of glory to come in. And so John called the people to turn from their wicked ways to break with their sin, to desire for their sin to be cast out of them and to begin applying effort in that direction. We read, Luke goes on in chapter three, that John instructed those with excess, those with two, to share with those who had none, not to hoard and to, to keep things to themselves, to repent and to give. John instructed tax collectors to stop being dishonest, stop cheating people, stop getting more out of them than what you're meant to. Deal honestly with them. John instructed Soldiers to stop using their power to extort money from people and to be content with their wages. This was a call, a message of repentance for the nation to prepare themselves to break with their sin. In Mark 1, 4, it says that John the, Pap John the Baptist preached this message, repent for the kingdom of God is near. The king is near. It is true uh, that what they needed and indeed what each one of us need is the Christ. We need the Christ. John himself said, uh, I will baptise you with water. In other words, that's not sufficient. But there is one coming after me who will baptise you with his spirit. Only the Spirit of God in us, only Christ in us is deliverance. But repentance was the necessary preparation in order that the Spirit of God might be able to come in. As they broke with their sin and began to put effort towards doing what is true, what is right, it would clear their vision to be able to behold the goodness and the glory and the majesty of the Son of God. Their repentance, their breaking with their sin was the opening of the door of their hearts so that the King of glory could come in with His Spirit and give them new birth, the birth from above. And George MacDonald puts it this way, might come up on the screen, they could not rid themselves of their sins, but they could set about sending them away. They could 
quarrel with them and proceed to turn them out of the house. I love this. The Lord was on His way to do His part in their final banishment. Christ is wanting and ready to come in, but it is our will that receives Him, that opens the door of our heart for Him to come in. Speaking of John the Baptist, John the Apostle writes this in 1, 6 to 9. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. Through John, through John's message of repentance, all might believe in the Son of God. John himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Uh, we see the difference that this repentance made for the people later in chapter 7 of Luke. Listen to this fascinating encounter that Jesus is having with both Pharisees and tax collectors in the one instance. Luke 7, 29, Jesus has just given a, a teaching. He's just given words of truth and life. And then Luke narrating says this, all the people... Even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right. Why? Because they had been baptised by John. They had repented. They'd opened the gate of their heart. But listen to this. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purposes for themselves. Why? because they had not been baptised by John. Isn't that an, an interesting, a fascinating moment here that Jesus has um, amongst these people? It was those who had broken with their sin, who had turned from their sin, from their idols, who said, I, I, I want this out, I wanna cast this out of me. Sin is the problem. Self-exaltation and pride and ego is the problem and it needs to go out. And so I'm gonna begin to do what is righteous, what is right. I'm gonna apply effort and put forward effort in that direction. It was those people who saw the glory of Jesus. But those who had not repented, those who had stayed where they were and applied no effort to, to break with their sin, to cast sin out of their heart, out of their life, they missed, they missed God in the flesh. The one who sits above the circle of the earth tonight was literally standing next to them and they missed him. In fact, they crucified him. The picture I have as I think of this in my head is, is just imagine a group of people standing around all doing their own thing and literally the most beautiful, loving, pure person that ever has existed. The God of all the universe is standing right next to them and they are so consumed with what they're doing, so consumed with themselves and, and getting what they want that they literally are oblivious to him standing next to them. John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of God is near. It is not far from any one of us. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Psalm 18 puts it this way in 25 and 26 to the faithful you show yourself, God shows yourself faithful. To the blameless, you God show yourself blameless. To the pure, you God show yourself pure. But then listen to this, to the devious, to the sinful, to those who will not break with their sin, you show yourself shrewd. God is missed by those who are worshipping other things. Matthew 5, 8, Jesus himself said it like this. He said, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. 
These people, the Pharisees, they saw Jesus with their physical eyes, but not with those eyes which alone can see God, the eyes of the heart. Jesus came to deliver us, but we need to make straight the paths in our hearts for him to come in. For those who did, those who repented and said, I I can't actually deliver myself from my sin, but I need a deliverer. And so I'm going to go towards him with all the energy of my heart, with all the desire that I have, I'm gonna put to death the self This is what they say from John 1.14. The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. A good barometer in our lives, a good barometer for us is how beautiful do you see Jesus to be? Do you see Jesus, not not then, right now, because when Jesus died and was resurrected, he then ascended into heaven where he was from and he's, he's actually in heaven right at this very moment. Heaven and earth are, are overlapping in this very moment. There's communion between heaven and earth. This is not just a human secular gathering here tonight. This is God's world. Jesus is reigning and ruling there right now. A good barometer of our heart is how glorious do we see this man to be? Is he a man that you say, this is the man? This is the Christ. This is a man that I am staking my life on. You see, what each one of our hearts are crying out for is not religion, not a doctrine, not a system, not something from the world, we're crying out for a person. And his name is Jesus. And he wants to come in and and reveal himself to our hearts. You see, Christ's incarnation into the world in the flesh is an incredible thing that we should celebrate and that we do celebrate. It's, It's the way that he made salvation possible the way that He overcame sin and death. But I wanna tell you this, if you hear nothing else tonight, listen to this. The reason Christ was born in the flesh was so that He might be born in our hearts. Christ in the flesh is no salvation to us if He is not born in our hearts. If He remains outside of us, if His Spirit does not fill us and flood us. This is what Jesus talks about as the birth from above. Paul describes it like this in Colossians 1, 26 to 27. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. What is the mystery? Christ in you. The hope of glory. There is no salvation for us but Christ being born in us. This is all, this is the whole end game for his very nature to become ours. We are created in His image and how sin has meant that we've fallen away from it and He wants to restore it perfectly in us. Christ was born into the world 2,000 years ago, but I wanna tell you the reason He did that is so that He could be born into our hearts right now in 2021. For His Spirit to reside in us. And the same preparation that made a people ready back then that John proclaimed was then what Jesus proclaimed. John said, repent, the kingdom of God is near. Jesus then preached this, repent for the kingdom of God is near. And then after Jesus had died and resurrected and ascended and is in heaven now, listen to what Peter preached to the people who crucified Jesus. Listen to this, Peter replied, repent. Turn, break from your sin. 
Begin to do right where you're doing wrong. Begin to obey Jesus where you are not. Repent and be baptised every one of you in the Name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then what? You will open the door of your house for the Lord to come and burn it away for good, to banish it for good. The Deliverer, the Holy Spirit will come in and, and the Holy Spirit will will make His abode in our hearts, in our very lives. The people needed to be made ready for the entrance of Christ. And we, what John preached, what Jesus preached, what Peter preached, what Paul preached, is what God is saying to us tonight, repent. This Christmas, we're making lots of preparations. You're making preparations at the house. We're making preparations here at the church. You're making preparations for the, for the lunch, for the family to come up. And I wanna tell you, they're all good things. And, uh, and God loves the fact that we're gonna get together as community, share in fellowship, love one another this Christmas. But I wanna tell you, none of those preparations count for anything if we do not undergo this preparation. And if you're here tonight and and you've repented before in the past, you've turned from your sin, you've broken with it, asking the Holy Spirit, opening the heart, opening the door of your heart to the Holy Spirit to come in. I wanna tell you, this Christmas, we continue. Jesus Christ lived a life of resignation unto God. He lived in permanent brokenness with sin. And so whether we've done it in the past, or not, maybe tonight it is your first time. This is the preparation we need to make so that the King of glory can be beholded by our hearts this Christmas. Jesus lived in in utter dependence and resignation unto God. That's what it means to repent, to turn from the self and to turn to God and say, God, You are my goodness. You are my treasure. To live in humility. This is how Paul puts it. It's been encouraging me recently. He says in Acts 20, 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Friends, God is better than we know Him to be. He's better than we know Him to be right now. He really is. And uh, into the future, as we remain in this place of humility before Him, saying, I have no good thing other than God, as we remain in this posture of of being broken with our sin, of seeking to put forward effort uh, towards the will of God to obey Him, I wanna tell you the glory of God will only grow in our hearts and in our minds. The glory that we see of Him right now, it will just expand and get bigger and bigger and bigger into eternity and we won't even tap the depth of it even then. And so this is our encouragement. This is God's word to us this Christmas for us to make the right preparations. And so what is it in your heart? What is it in your life, the preparations that you need to make? Maybe go and read Luke chapter three and and see the things that John the Baptist encouraged uh, the the people then to do and see what the Holy Spirit drops on your heart as you read that. What are the things that you need to take, the steps that you need to take to prepare this Christmas for the King of glory to come in? This This is an encouragement. I pray as it comes as an encouragement, God is saying, hey, I wanna show you Myself, my glory, how beautiful and majestic and wonderful I am. Come and see, come and see who I am. Turn from your idols, set your eyes to me, break with your sin and uh, you will know eternal life. You will know God and the one whom he has sent, Jesus Christ. So let's pray together. Let's encourage one another as we pray now.
oh God, this is, this is so wonderful tonight. Here we are, a bunch, of, a bunch of people who are your people. You've created every one of us and whether we recognize it here tonight or not, you are our God, we have no other. And we can be deceived into thinking that we, there are other gods and there's other things that we should be worshiping and seeking to attain to. But tonight we know and we, we just want to declare with the faith that we have that you are our God. And that you sit enthroned tonight above the circle of the earth over every nation, over every ruler, over every system, every house, every family, every individual. And God, you're here, you're present tonight because we're in your world Where can we go to escape from your presence? Nowhere, God. If we go down to the depths, you are there. If we rise on the wings, you are there also. And so you are here in this room tonight and you are interested in the response of our hearts. And uh, you are longing, you're wanting God to just reveal yourself. This is why you came, Christ. You came in the flesh so that you might be born in our hearts, Jesus Christ the hope of glory, Christ in us. And so, Father, we wanna welcome the presence of your Son in our hearts. We want this Christmas to make straight a highway in our lives by breaking with the things that are not of you, by turning, Lord, from those areas at the moment where we're seeking to find something that is not actually you. Lord, it sounds sounds crazy, but may we be a people who say, along with Paul, I count my life as worth nothing. My, my life is worth nothing. Christ in me is everything. We, We just look towards you tonight, Jesus Christ. Let the light of your countenance rise in our hearts as we set you up, as we lift you up high in our lives and in our hearts. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Not here in this moment, we worship you with our lives, with our will. Be magnified in Brisbane, Lord. Jesus, May Brisbane know that you are their King as well. May the eyes that are dark at the moment be opened to who you are. Lord, that many this Christmas might repent for the first time and know that they have a Father in Heaven who loves them, a Father in Heaven who cares, who is for them and not against them, who loves them. This is what we pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. Sorry, mate, wasn't sure if you were going to do a response or something, but I just have to read this. I have to come up. This is fascinating, honestly fascinating, because uh, this morning I underlined this very thing. And it says this, it says, this morning I underlined this, and I journaled it. I won't go into detail of what I wrote in my journal, but it just says this. It says, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. When any of the people set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces and then go to a prophet, it says, I, the Lord, will answer them myself in keeping with their great idolatry. He says, I will do this to recapture the hearts of the people, He says, who have deserted me for their idols. Therefore, say to the people, this is what, the Sovereign Lord says, repent, turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices. And I just felt that, I mean, we're all in this. We all set up idols in our hearts and in our lives all the time. Uh, But we need to come before a holy God who loves us and has an extraordinary plan for us that's so clear to us tonight. And I just sense that we needed to respond to Him. Um, I noticed there was oil down the front here, but I just felt we needed to pray for you. Just an opportunity to pray. Now don't feel like, oh, I don't know if I can come down because people think there's something going on in my life. There's something going on in all our lives. That's the reality. It's okay. Just come down and we'd love to pray for you in this song. So we're gonna do this song and then we're gonna pray. You just come down. We're just gonna pray. If you want to be anointed, we're gonna anoint you. Uh, but just an opportunity to respond to God tonight. 
and to just, just to repent and say, God, I need you in my life. And we all do, that's the reality. But don't miss this opportunity. I'm absolutely convinced this is a clear word from God tonight uh, for us to say, hey, we need to repent and say, God, I need you in my heart, I need you in my life. So you come down in this song and uh, we're, we're gonna pray for you, okay? We're gonna pray for you. Father, thanks for this opportunity. We just wanna worship. Let's actually jump up on your feet. Let's jump up on our feet. Father, we just wanna worship You now. We wanna come before You and say, God, I need You in my life. This is the reality. This is what we need. What a great message, a clear message to us tonight. And so we wanna respond to You now, great King. We worship You. We uh, respond to You now. And we pray these things in Jesus' Name. Amen, amen. You feel free to come down and respond and we'll pray for you.
don't know whether we have time for one more song, maybe Rain Above It All, but I just felt to say this as well. Um, I said it at the 4 p.m. I was, talking to, I was talking to Dan this week. For some reason, there's this thing in my heart that wants to like clamp it down and say, I've, I've got it. You know what I mean? Like, like this whole thing of Christianity, I've got it. It's mine and therefore I can't lose it. That's, that's not actually who Christ is. Christ never claimed the Father's righteousness and said, it's mine and therefore I just have it. And, and the reason I wanted to say that is because this is a life lived. This is one moment tonight, but this is a life lived. So as we sing this next song, if you just wanna, maybe there's not a specific area that God's putting on your heart, but you just wanna say, God, I just wanna humbly resign myself to you in my life continually moving forward as, as I get out tomorrow into my workplace and my university. Maybe you just wanna come forward and uh, just, just make that prayer as well. Uh, but maybe we've got, got one more uh, time for one more song.
deal with the sin in our life. Lord God, I want to thank You. When You died on that cross, You said, it is finished. You said, my grace is sufficient for You. Lord God, I'm just a broken sinner, but in You, I am made whole through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I want to thank You, Lord, I can boldly run into the throne room of grace because of what You have done on the cross. You've done what I could never do. And so, Lord God, as a people, as we pursue You, we will not boast in self, but we'll boast in the Name of Jesus Christ, where every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth will bow. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You believe He's a great Jesus, a great Saviour? If you do, come on, let's just give our hands again. One more for our great God. You're worthy, Jesus. Thank You for Your grace. Thank You for Your mercy. Well, God bless for those who are online as well. God bless. Hey, we're going to spend time just hanging out together. If you're new, come and meet us. Any of the people on stage, any of the pastors would love to do life with you as well. But God bless. We'd love to pray for you as well. For you online, God bless. And have an amazing week. Catch up with you next week. God bless.